0: My Hockey Hero is proudly supported by eBay Canada. Hello, my name is Dean. I live in Burlington, Ontario, and I love hockey. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players and I'm going to talk to all of them, so you can learn their stories. Darren Banks
1: and Adam Bird, and now we've got Daniels and Banks pumping. Gillis is belted from behind by Wesley. Jim McKenzie's throwing punches.
0: Everybody... Darren Banks was born in Toronto in 1966. He played in 20 NHL games with the Boston Bruins between 1992
1: and 1994. I stopped, after I was a kid, I never really collected cards again. And I think back, I mean, I had Bobby Orr's rookie card, I had Gordy Howell's rookie, I had a lot of really good cards, but he didn't care back then. It was just playing a game.
0: <laughs> His rookie card is from 1992. A serious looking Darren is in the white, black, and gold of the Boston Bruins. He's looking into the camera and means
1: business. Let's meet the man from the card. First thing that comes to me is you're, you're always trying to figure from the cards that I have, where the picture was taken or when it was taken. And when I look at it, I notice like I have a Canadian hockey stick, and I had that only in training camp because I wore all Louisville stuff. So that picture was taken probably a preseason game somewhere.
0: Like many Canadians, Darren started on the ice at a young age.
1: Uh, what I kind of remember, I don't remember it really, but I just, you know, what I was told. My mother taught me how to skate. So my father's never had a pair of skates on in his life. Uh, My dad was in a serious car accident when I was two or three. And so my mother was the one that taught me how to skate. And I learned to skate out in a park uh, next to our house. So we had a park, that firemen would come and flood the park and all the kids would go out there and skate. And the older kids would like play hockey games out there. And we moved when I was five and we had the park backing up to our house. And same type of thing. They, But we, the kids built the arena. The older kids built the rink. And I would skate all day, as long as I could. Mothers just yell at me, never take my skates off, walk through the snow, through the backyard, probably go in the house with my skates on, eat, and go right back out there again.
0: His family didn't have much hockey history, but his neighbors spotted his talent.
1: As what I can remember... Uh, so I didn't play hockey until I was seven so I skated when I was three and four and five it was in the park and then uh, neighbors were said to my parents you know why don't you put your son in hockey he's probably one of the better skaters out here and my parents not knowing anything about hockey were just like okay you know he's good at sports so we'll just put him in it and see how he goes from there
0: but even as a young kid Racism affected his ability to participate. And
1: then I got cut actually after I was the captain of the team. I got cut when I was 15 by a coach who didn't like me because of my color. Um, Cut me and I went and played like, I guess they called it house league or pioneer. And I was really upset about it. And uh, my dad said, don't worry about it. And he put me in a league over in Detroit on a travel team in Detroit. So I played on a travel team in Detroit and a house league in Windsor. 14 or 15 I played defense most of the time and then um and then I became you know I then I went up to four I think because I could score goals in defense I could outskate a lot of kids when I was younger and then I, I mean I don't remember a lot of my you know my when I was 12 and 13 I don't remember a lot of that but
0: but Darren was lucky to find support from great coaches early on
1: well I mean Mr. Campbell at nine years old really supportive of me like really backed me You know, because there was a lot of prejudiced people there. So a lot of people didn't say a lot to you. Um, But Mr. Campbell at a really young age. And then Jeff Cranker at Midget, who seemed to be, you know, he was really in my corner. And then, I mean, until until I turned pro, you know, I had some really, really good coaches when I turned pro. But as a young guy, those are two that I can think of that really stood out.
0: Darren was also fearless.
1: I could play, you know, even at a young age, say 12, and they were 15 or 14. I could go out there and play with them and be competitive with them. So I wasn't afraid of them. I wasn't afraid. That was the other thing. I wasn't afraid of anybody, you know. Back then, you know, you had big guys that wanted to hurt smaller players, and but I was kind of a big, lanky kid, but I wasn't afraid of anybody, and I liked to be physical. So that was like, wasn't afraid, so it was easy for me to play against older guys and I knew if I could play with them, then I could play with anybody.
0: Eventually, Darren came across one of our previous guests, Tony McKegney. It inspired him to see another Black person on the ice
1: and hardened his resolve. No, I seen Tony play in junior first, and because he kept playing against the Windsor Spitfires. And I was excited, because I was like, there's a Black guy playing junior hockey. I'd never seen one, never heard of it. And I thought I was really excited. I always wanted to meet him, but I never got a chance. To, but back then, you didn't really get to meet a kid who was really what, seven, eight years older than you. Uh, you didn't really get an opportunity to meet him, but I thought it was cool. And I was like, this guy is really good. And then my, I always strive to be, I was like, I was going to play in the NHL. And it didn't matter how I was going to get there. I knew I'd, I'm kind of strong-willed that way. People with a, a lot of naysayers. And I was like, you know, I'm going to play in the NHL and don't really care what anyone else thinks.
0: Darren's fearlessness allowed him to push through a lot. But the name calling could be hard to ignore.
1: You know, it, there were some challenges. You know, kids calling me, calling me names, and I would just retaliate immediately. Like it didn't didn't care if they had the puck or whatever. Um, but then as I got older, I realized this kid, you know, calls me a name. <laughs> There's a chance to get them back, and it's not going to be that hard, and it'll be legal. And it, but when I hit them, I'm hitting them, and hurt him. So that's how I looked at it. And, again, me being the type of player I was, especially, you know, before you get into junior, uh, I was pretty aggressive. A lot of guys, you know, kept their mouth. They might have said it, but they said it from a distance. And coaches would be like, Darren, don't worry about it. Because you can see I get upset about it, right? And I kind of get out of control maybe sometimes. Um, but, I like I can't, like I said, I don't remember my my youth back then. I don't know. My memory's kind of foggy now. But they're um, – I I don't remember a lot of, I don't remember really any instances that I couldn't handle on the ice. For the most part, if it was on the ice, I was going to handle it myself.
0: Darren reached college age and played for the University of Brock Badgers.
1: Uh, I went to Brock and and my roommate who, him and I were relatively the same type of player, same way we played, big guys, skated hard, could shoot, could score. And I used to say to him, I'm going to make the NHL. And he's like, you know, the chances you make an NHL is not going to happen. And I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And he, I tell you right now, to this day, my first exhibition game with the Calgary Flames in Toronto, he was the first guy at the arena. So, you know, he's, I told him back then that I was going to play and he's like, you know, it's impossible. And he was like, you know, a pretty good player in OHL. And I didn't really, I bounced around a lot. And I just, you know, I just put my head down and, you know, and started playing a little harder and doing things a little differently. After my first year, I was going to go turn pro. And I went to Flint's training camp in eye, and was playing really well, pulled my groin like day three. And then I just saw guys coming in, guys going out, guys coming. I'm like, like this is pro hockey. I was there for two weeks. I'll never forget it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a lot of turnover here. You know, if you want to stay, you're going to have to play a lot harder. So I went back to school. And then I went two more years. And then after that, I just said, that's enough. I'm ready to go.
0: Darren turned professional and signed with the Knoxville Cherokees in 1989-90. And unlike most players, he loved the fighting.
1: I actually enjoyed it. And I was, because, again, I could score goals. And with certain coaches, they didn't want me fighting. So I'm like, no, that guy just ran our D, man. And I wouldn't even think twice about it, right? I would just go after him. Or I'd do something that would cause a fight with the other team. So it was uh, – I like, again, I kind of liked it. I just like playing really rough. And I knew that an intimidation factor in hockey, especially back then, was so easy. Because, I mean, you literally run a guy, and the next time I would just say, I am coming, and you'd hear him. I'd scream at him. And he'd literally just let me get the puck first. And then after that, because I was big – you weren't necessarily going to take it from me. So now I'm trying to, not that I would score a goal, but at least get us a scoring chance.
0: Soon, Darren was close to playing for the Calgary Flames, but an injury robbed him of the opportunity.
1: Well, I was in Calgary first with the organization. So I played in Salt Lake. But I had an opportunity in my last year where I was almost 90% sure I was going up and I got my jaw broken and with a slap shot to the face. And then... The next year, I signed with Boston.
0: Now signed by the Boston Bruins, getting to his first game would be an adventure in itself.
1: But that first game, uh, I'll never forget it. Now, obviously, you can't. Uh, I was with Dmitri Kavartilov. Uh, they called him "special," okay, Russian kid. And we were taking a cab, which was three miles from the whole, from the arena, from the hotel to the arena, and we were running late. The traffic in Boston was ridiculously, and we had to jump out of the cab and run maybe two blocks. Run, literally, like two. Because we didn't want to be late, we didn't know what was going to happen. But that first game, I was so pumped up, playing at the Boston Garden against Hartford, and I hit everything that went by me, and I almost started a five-on-five brawl. I mean, it was just. It was just one thing after another. It was like three and three scrums, me jumping at guys, just, I don't remember the game, how I played. I I have no idea. I just remember I was hitting guys every chance I got.
0: If you're enjoying My Hockey Hero and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and fueling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. Even at this level of the game, Darren would still experience racism.
1: It was mostly the fans. You didn't get it. Again, my attitude never changed, right? I'm a tough guy someone runs their mouth, that gave me ammunition to kill them. <laughs> so it was, that's how I responded to things back then. Um, but the fans were the, you know, they were the nasty ones. They You get down to Phoenix and the things they would say in Kansas City. But, you know, one of the things I can always shut a person up without even swearing at them, and I'd say, I'd just yell at them and say, hey, hey, stupid, where are you working tomorrow? Because I want to pay money to watch you work. And that usually would shut a guy's mouth or person's mouth. Uh, And, you know, then it would just, you know, banks you stink type of thing, but big deal.
0: Darren played 15 more games with Boston, but eventually circumstances changed for him.
1: And probably just me, but they had signed Darren Kimmel, but he had gotten into a car accident. And Boston was all about how much money does that guy make? How much money does he make? Where do we save money? Can't send that guy a one way down to the minors. So I was going down. So I kind of, if it was like today's game, I probably would have stayed up there, but because of the way they worked in Boston, I played every game that Cam Neely didn't play the back-to-back games. I played that second game and they, uh, and then I played, I'll never forget it, I played like eight days in, in a row and I was fighting in Providence, fighting in Boston. And it was just wherever the teams were, I was traveling everywhere. And I just said to my agent, I go, I can't do this. Like what, you know, how am I going to stay up in Boston and do what they want up there and they're going to send me back right after the game, no matter what happens. So we gave them the ultimatum to either keep me up or trade me. And they said, well, he's going to go back down this weekend. He'll come back up next week on Monday and he'll either stay up or work his way down or whatever. Right. And I blew up my right shoulder and it just, it never came back to fruition. And then, A lot of things happened after that.
0: Darren had some amazing experiences as a player.
1: San Jose, because they played in the Cow Palace when we played against them. And I also scored two goals and an assist there. So that was like one of my biggest games of my career. Um, That was a great city. L.A. with all the Hollywood stars, you know, along the you know, the glass and being in the Forum Club after. But Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens and the Forum were unbelievable. As a Canadian kid, get to play in those buildings. Uh It was pretty exciting. Looking back on
0: his career, he now sees that there was diversity all around him.
1: It's nice to know. I mean, you know, you think of Jackie Robinson. That's what I think of first is Jackie Robinson. But then, you know, um Herb Carnegie, right? Right. I'd never heard of him. You know, I had never heard of him. Even when Tony McKechnie was playing, I'd never heard of him. So Tony McKechnie and Grant Fear were the first two black guys that I had even had any idea played hockey and, and played in the NHL. And then as I get older, you know, I'm playing in the eye, I see more guys who played in the NHL. And then that year with Atlanta, having five guys on a, line, on a team, which I thought was amazing. Uh, and then, then you get to find out there, there's guys out there that you didn't know were half black either, right? So you're, you find out there's a few more guys out there that are half black, and, or you, know, you just don't know which way, what side they're, you know, they're thinking they call themselves.
0: Darren's career has taught him many lessons, and he has some advice for young players.
1: You've got to work hard and you can't necessarily listen to every single person that's telling you what to do, because most of them have never been there. Unless he's been in the NHL, most of them never done it, can't tell you how to get there. Uh, they can see it. You can read it in a book, read in a computer, but you've got to go out there and it all starts right here in your heart. It's not analytics. You've got to go out there and you've got to do it yourself.
0: We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey by lowering financial barriers for BIPOC female and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast but would like to dive deeper, then check out our extended version of this interview at Recognize, Black Hockey Heroes of the NHL. You can click on the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the cards of the players in my collection at blackhockeycards.com.